0: At Los Angeles 2023
1: Oh, welcome to Out on the Lanai The only Golden Girls podcast you're ever gonna need to listen to I am Sadie Pine slash A John Scott
0: And I'm Carrie Doherty
1: And you know what this is, it's a podcast Yeah No, where we used to watch an episode (laughs) of the Golden Girls and then talk about it. But you know what we did? We ran out of those episodes. And then we watched the spinoff, The Golden Palace, which we loved. But we ran out of those episodes, too. So now now what do we do all together now? Whatever the hell we want.
0: want. Yes, we (laughs) are doing another Golden Rewind today where we go back and re-watch our favorite episodes of the Golden Girls and re-talk about them and offer new insights since we first started breaking down these episodes 100 years ago, back in 2014. <laughs> and Lucy Lee Flippin', today I'm so excited because we're re-watching Season 3, Episode 16. Grab, Grab that, that
1: dough! Dough! I literally picked this episode, and I rarely pick the episodes. I more so just agree to an episode because I... I'm always just sort of open to any episode rarely do I ever want a specific episode. But the other day, Carrie texted me being like, what should we watch? And I was like, I really want to watch grab that dough. Cause I thought about it on my birthday. And I was like, I just wanted a fun, silly romper of a golden girls moment. And this episode is fully just silly, just silly.
0: It's, it's silly with a thousand S's. Yes. I, it was such an absolute joy to watch this episode. Um, I have to say, like, in again, I feel like my perspective on things has changed so much since becoming a mother. This has nothing to do with being a mother, but this time around, overall, I realized, and maybe it is because as a mother now, I don't take things as seriously as I used to, mm. but I have to say, I really appreciated Guy Corbin's hosting style. Oh, interesting. What? Grab that dough. I thought you know what? This guy doesn't give a shit. He's playful. He's not going to kiss the contestants on the cheek and be like, Oh, you're from Santa Clarita. How interesting. Like he just, when the women were yelling at each other to shut up, he's yeah. like, why don't you both shut up and answer this question? <laughs> and then later when Sophie's like, we got the shaft, he's like, you sure did anyway. And like I just I loved his hostings. I've never seen a host like stick it to the contestants yeah. like that. But in like a playfully and still likable way, I just yeah,
1: it's like, I was like, I'm here for it. He did that whole like, you know, gritting through a smile sort of vibe where like he was being really sardonic and like kind of cutting. And yet at the same time, it still was in like the movie phone voice guy voice you know what I mean like it was still, yeah it would be like if the movie phone voice guy was like you're a piece of shit like exactly <laughs> yes.
0: yeah and I love yourself yes yeah. one like
1: yeah <laughs> to go straight to hell press two
0: <laughs> <laughs> to hear know. the listings for biodome press three wow
1: did you ever use a phone service for the movies I think that was actually before our time
0: mm, I may have
1: I don't remember. I don't recall it at all. And it makes me feel young that I don't.
0: (laughs) I may have. I I feel like, yeah, I'm going, okay, well, in the days before Google uh and yahoo and bing and all of those i'm trying to think of how would i know i would always go to the free i think it was the paper i think I i would look in the paper i would
1: in in st louis i would look at the riverfront times which is sort of like the free paper in chicago i would always look at the reader i would always look or the village voice i would always look at like the free paper and they would always have the movie time so i never really had to worry you know what i mean
0: Yeah, that's how I knew. It was definitely, it was the paper, the newspaper.
1: Yeah, no, no, but I love this episode so much. I also love that there's no B-plot. It's literally just this story. I love that Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, there are so many speaking parts of different characters. And I love the girls going on a vacation somewhere or going somewhere in general. Like, Mm -hmm. I love the, the exterior plane shot. Like, I love... I love the repeat outfit from Blanche from the episode where she sets um, Rose up with Isaac P. Newton. It's a repeat outfit moment, and I love that. Like, I loved everything. I love everything about this episode. It's so much fun.
0: It's so much fun. And I will also say, for those listeners, I feel like sometimes maybe uh, when they listen to these rewatches, they're like, oh, is it worth it to go back and listen to our original watch Mm. of this episode? And I think, if I'm not mistaken, again, like I said in the intro, it's been a hundred years since we recorded the original uh rewatches of these episodes. But I do think that in our first rewatch, did you and I talk at length uh and share the story of going on the prices oh, right yes. together? Oh, yes. Okay. That was conveyed. So then listeners, if you do want to go back and listen to our original watch of this episode, I believe that's when we tell the story yeah. of the time that
1: I hope HLN so. Alan and I if, it, went on if the If it's not that break. episode, it is in an episode that we talk about at some point. Like we definitely talk about that moment at some point. Like for Oh, I sure. know
0: we do. I just if listeners, if it's not that episode, let me know.
1: And we'll find it. And that. I
0: will I will do my best to find it cuz okay. I do think it's a fun story, but I don't want to it's yeah. so much to tell in it is this so much intro. To- and we have two um,
1: other things that we need to talk about in this in this opener before we get to the episode. One of which mm-hmm. is Last week's episode with Joanna, you all loved it. You sounded off, you you sent us emails, you sent us messages. We loved it. We loved hearing from you and I love how so many people want to be GG VIP fans on on the podcast just like Joanna was. It really ignited a a flood of responses and I loved it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty incredible. I I just always assume that people barely want to listen to us, let alone like chat <laughs> with us. I know,
1: because we don't even look, I never even look at the numbers. I mean, I know we're doing well, but like I, I, I often just sort of do it and don't think about anyone listening half the time because I'm just like talking about, you know, the Golden Girls with one of my best friends. So like it doesn't, it doesn't register. And even though we know you're out there and we love that you're out there listening and you're all our friends you know it's we're it's i don't think it's hard to think about the people listening so if you do want to be on the podcast and you want to um we're getting a lot of responses so please bear in mind that like we're not going to be doing these episodes every single week or anything so it might take a minute but go to out on the slash contact you'll get a reply with a form a google form to fill out that will just basic basic info just so that we can figure out who's who and what and hear your voice and all of those things. And you'll upload either a video or an audio file of just telling us, you know, what you think of our podcast or what episode you, wanna, you would want to watch and, and talk to us about and all those things. And send us that email because we really want to hear from you and we want to have more of these fan episodes because they were so much fun and it was so fun chatting with Joanna.
0: It was. It was an absolute blast. And I'm very excited to do it again.
1: Yeah. I also wanted to bring up because we did get... An email from a lovely listener. I believe his name is Ryan. I could be wrong on that because you know it's late at night and I'm brain dead. Um, but about the writer strike. So a listener had seen you on the news, Carrie. On the news,
0: I I have to say I was I was not on. If I was on the news, it was me in a picket line marching. Regardless, and I just, you were. And I just recognized. happened to be, and I happened to pass a camera. I do not you, recall passing a camera. You, if it was somebody talking. To a journalist for the news, that was not me. But regardless, you I very singing. much appreciated reading that message. And
1: I wanted to because now with the Screen Actors Guild joining the WGA in the strike, I think it would be uh, just because we live in this entertainment and this might not be interesting for everybody. But I know that the girls would be very invested in this moment. And we know that B. You know, Betty, Rue, and even Estelle would be out there with the writers and actors striking and picketing the companies, demanding residuals. So I um, and other things that they're fighting for. So I thought it would be a good moment to maybe sort of like lay out a little bit of the impact of this strike, of course, on careers and stuff, but also what it's all about. Because I don't think a lot of people understand it.
0: Uh, yeah. And I'll try to keep this, you know, brief so we can dive into the episode. But it, it, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that um that we are striking for specifically when it comes to pay, but also when it comes to the advancing technologies and AI and how those can put writers and actors and a lot of people in the entertainment industry out of work. Um, But I, I think just the overall message is that and, and it's the message because it's what's happening is that uh, over the years since streaming was sort of introduced as a way to watch television shows and movies, um, because that was br- a brand new thing um, and it was kind of an experimental thing, uh, writers and actors weren't getting paid much to yeah. do it not nearly as much as if you're on a network show um which had sort of been the precedent for a long time well now streaming's really taking over and especially for the last i mean the last couple of years very much so but it's been happening for probably 10 years or more but um but but writers and actors really are getting squeezed mm-hmm. um and and it's becoming hard to find work it's becoming hard to make health care it's becoming hard to pay bills um People don't realize that sometimes writers, actors, you have months, sometimes years between jobs. So even though it may look like a writer and actors getting a lot of money, that job is up and then you may not have one for a yeah. while. You have to live off of that. Um, and well, and so the residual, what
1: we- I mean, just to break down the residual things, I feel like that's a that's a sticking point that a lot of people don't understand. So a residual for a network show when it's in when it's in syndication on cable or network television, you get a pretty sizable residual check because of the ads that are attached to that syndication viewing. So when you watch the golden girls on hallmark or, or TV licensing, land, you get money when, well, low, when it licenses, well, li- licenses yeah. is, is actually a sticking point too, because there is, so when it's on television, when you're watching it on hallmark, you get you ad money. But when you watch it on Hulu, you're only getting a percentage of the licensing fee. So you're not getting an actual viewing residual. You're getting whatever Hulu pays with the licensing fee from the production company, not even coming from Hulu, from the production company that has to then pay out the people from the licensing fee, and it's dramatically less than what it would be if it was on air with ads, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a huge part of it. That's a huge, huge part of it.
0: Yeah, and and I think the, the... The real sort of if you were to just sort of sum it all up it's 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 just it's 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 union workers it's labor workers uh trying to fight corporate greed to make a fair wage to put food on our table to Mm -hmm. keep roofs over our heads um to make our health insurance it's the same thing hotel workers yep you know ups drivers like we are all we are all laborers we Mm -hmm. are we happen to be artists um but we're all labor unions and and that's what we're doing we're all fighting for basic wages yeah. basic human rights um, and the and vast we should majority. Be supporting, the, we should be supporting all of the labor unions um, who are fighting right now, and just to give and you, teachers, everybody. I to mean, give you an idea. We're all of fighting
1: the amount. I mean, you, people think that TV writers and actors are making ridiculous amounts of money, but the average TV writer and, and actor is who's just working member of both SAG and WGA. If for the large part is making less than sixty thousand dollars a year. Which... Yeah.
0: So I can. Yeah, I can put it into perspective. For so for the actors, SAG has one hundred and sixty thousand members way more than the writers. We only have 12,000 out of those 160,000 members right now, only 80 85% of them are unable to earn enough money in mm-hmm. one year to pay for their health insurance, to get health insurance through the union. Yeah. They only have to make $26,000 a year. Yeah. So 85% of the actors on strike right now, aren't making $26,000 a year to even qualify for health insurance. That includes stunt performers, background actors, yeah. lead actors, guest star actors, You know, so that's a problem.
1: Yeah, it's a big problem. And I think it I think a lot of people think you live in Los Angeles. We have these great lives. We meet all these famous people. And it's true. We do. But we're poor. Like (laughs) we're doing (laughs) it. Most most of us are. We're doing it wearing Zara and driving a Kia for the most part. So what I'm saying is that, like, you know, I posted this thing this last week about Fran Drescher and, and her speech and stuff. And I noticed in a lot of the comments, there was just sort of a huge, huge misunderstanding thinking that actors and writers are making millions and millions of dollars. When in reality, the vast majority of my friends definitely are not one or two. But for the most part, they are not making that much money. They're making, you know, basically right around what a teacher would make in a lot Mm -hmm. of states. And we all know how little teachers get paid. So it's... It's definitely a struggle, and I don't think people should be penalized for doing the work that they're called to, their passion. You know, we want doctors to be doctors. We want nurses to be nurses. We want teachers to be teachers, and all of those people should be paid adequately for the work they're doing and non- you know, not being basically doing the work that is like good for everybody too, that people are paid equitably for the work that yes. they're doing. Yes.
0: yes. Especially when the CEOs of these companies are making yeah. millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars hand over fist and they own super yachts and they're getting all of these bonuses and, well, and, also and like, you know make
1: the, sure make the millions, but maybe spread it out a little bit because most people could at least be able to make a living wage. That's what we're, that's literally all anyone is asking for all anybody is a, wants living to make a living fucking wage.
0: wage. Um, and And for those asking well what can i do um in the show notes i'll link to a couple of funds um if you guys are able to to donate that can uh help right now um you know struggling uh uh, entertainment industry members pay their bills um and also just you know just follow the news and you know tweet out to your favorite writers and actors and show creators and everybody that you're that you support them do it on social media and uh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll throw some it, links in the show notes if you're able to, but no stress. No
1: stress. Do what my mom, just remember what my mom always said. I remember once we were going, if anyone's from St. Louis, they know this grocery store, Schnucks. We once drove up to Schnucks to go get groceries for the evening, and what did there were there were people striking outside of of the Schnucks workers, you know, grocery store workers, and my mom turned the car around and said, "We do not cross a picket line in this family." And we just went home and had whatever we had in the refrigerator. Like, we just didn't have groceries that night. And that moment has stuck with me forever. And so Sadie Pines does not cross a picket line.
0: That's right. Save the dolphin. Save the lighthouse. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with yes. Grab That Dough. Okay, first thing about this episode, I so I love I love an episode that starts with the girl the girls prepping a totally eighties dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose pouring a can of corn onto the stove. Blanche chopping up iceberg lettuce and giant tomatoes for a salad. Like it took me right back to my childhood. I was I you was don't just make like, dinners
1: like I mean maybe you do I don't know but I like literally right before this meal I put a pot pie in the microwave. Like I do not <laughs> prepare meals in that way at home anymore
0: that's hey that it's you do you yeah
1: i guess i just it just seems so like what my mother or my grandmother would do like to have the little side salad that like actually has no substance at all but you have a little side salad with some iceberg lettuce and ranch dressing
0: mm-hmm. i made a a little oreo help me make a salad um today tonight for dinner but she gets very upset when i chop things she doesn't oh. like that so i have to take things into the other room to chop them i maybe she thinks i'm you hurting to, the vegetables have to, i don't have know to,
1: but you have to chop in shame
0: i have to chop in shame i have to like hum really loudly or talk to her when hot i'm um, doing it so she doesn't hear um. the chopping yeah so um yeah i it's yeah it's mm. fine i don't she gets so upset she cries um oh. so yeah So uh, Sophia comes in. She's super excited. She got the girls tickets to be on Grab That Dough, like the best game show on the planet, which I have questions about. We'll get to that later. Uh, But they've got to be in Hollywood the following afternoon. Now, I have to say, I I worry about these women taking a red eye. Well, also, (laughs) I
1: mean, it presumably, if they're preparing dinner, it's what, five, six o'clock maybe? So, I mean, I know... Prices were different and flights were different back then. And maybe you could just get on a flight willy nilly at night. But that, I mean, red eyes. And also do red eyes go east to west. I always thought red eyes were a west to east thing. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. I mean, because like if it's west, oh, they're in the, they're in the east. Excuse me. So if it's six o'clock in the east,
0: I've only done a west to east coast red eye. Yeah. I've but only surely ever. they do them both ways.
1: I mean, but, right. if, well, but if you left at like, you know what, let's say they'd get to the airport and maybe they're leaving at a 10 p.m. flight, right? Right. So, so that's, that's 7 se- p.m. So that's
0: 7, 7 p.m. our time. And which then if it's, it's like 6 hours, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1 a.m. I have gotten into the airport late before when like nothing was open. I've landed really late before. But
1: I've always thought a red eye had to be overnight. Like you leave Los Angeles at 10 p.m., which is, of course, 1 a.m. on the East Coast. And mm-hmm. then you land at like 7 a.m. when it's daytime. Like, that's a red eye. Not landing in the middle of the night. That's just a flight.
0: Wow. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> listeners, weigh in. What is the definition of a red eye? I don't feel like Googling, and I'm not going to talk to Chad GPT trying to steal my job. Um, okay, we'll look into that. What I couldn't get over is that – and I, I couldn't get over that the women were wearing the least comfortable clothes to wear on a flight. Like, when I'm getting on a flight, I am wearing – big, fat, puffy shoes. Yeah. I am wearing sweatpants. I am wearing a t-shirt. I'm maternity bra. Like, you will never catch me in kitten heels or like a dress like Rose. Um, I get it. The women were in these outfits for almost the whole episode. They had to wear them. But that's the first thing I thought of when they were like getting in the hotel super late. I was like, oh, that's what they wore on the plane. Respect. <laughs> not for me.
1: I, you saw me on a plane. I definitely go comfortable i wore a bodysuit like a nice little like you know like just chill bodysuit and like i just wear baggy and comfy and i don't want to yeah i I wear wear
0: sweatpants that have zip pockets i wear my sneaks yeah and i wear a t-shirt and maybe i'll bring a hoodie with me and that's it don't give a shit um so they get to the hotel Fun IMDb piece of trivia. I don't know if we said this last time. When the girls are in the hotel lobby, there's a terracotta horse statue behind Dorothy on the table, mm. and it's the same horse statue that sits on the table behind the girls uh, in the uh, on the couch, behind the couch in numerous episodes, which I think mm. is also maybe the Brady Bunch terracotta horse. I don't know. Mm. Uh, also, I noticed that... Um, blanches the the red outfit with the strippy strappy things across the front the jacket that she's wearing over it that's from her audition scene with Biff when he pops yes. her bosoms and
1: well the outfit that like I said at the beginning is from Isaac mm-hmm. P. Newton so like it's yeah it's, there's two repeats here I have a feeling this episode came about pretty quick
0: oh my god I don't care it was so good so good uh we also have to mention Lucy Lee Flippin, who plays um who essentially plays the um, uh. Who used to check in people at the Golden Palace all the time? Was it Roland? I guess Roland did Yeah, sometimes. Roland
1: did a lot. Yeah. I was going
0: to say who's like the Roland of this hotel. Um, did you Lucy see her Lee at Flippin. Golden Con? I did see her at yeah. Golden Con. I was just about to ask you yeah. if you saw her at Golden yeah, Con. Yeah, I
1: remember she – I was being – we were being rushed to something. I forget where we were going, but I was being taken away from something. And I saw her in passing, and she was like, you look pretty. And I was like, <laughs> I got to go. <laughs>
0: you're like Lucy Lee flipping get out of here Um, anyway she's so great in this episode that I think we just have to play a little bit of her in this scene
1: I think we just better go to another hotel I'm afraid that would be an exercise in futility there's not a vacant room in the city girls this is terrible we're going to be on national television in seven hours we don't have any clothes and now we don't have a place to sleep look I sympathize with your problem for seventy-five dollars, you can sleep in the lobby, and I won't have you arrested for loitering. Seventy-five dollars—that's a lot of money. I know,
0: ma'am. That's why I want it.
1: You know what's interesting? That's so,
0: Frida Klexen
1: energy. I know, but her voice is great. <laughs> her voice would be an exercise in futility. I love. So, one of the things that Michael and I do quite often on the couch is. Well, I watch something and then Michael will ask like a totally out of nowhere question. Like one of those questions that you're just like, What? Um wait, and, like what? Like so like we'll be watching something and he'll be like, How much how much would that be today? And I'll be like, I, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't mean hundred dollars. I don't know. Like I don't know. And so then I'll go into my phone because then I'll get super curious about it. Yeah. And we'll do the inflation calculator. And that is what I did for this episode. So 75 dollars in 1987 would be two hundred dollars today so you know not a not, not two hundred dollars can get you something
0: you know what I I was gonna wait till the end I, I'll do it later but I I wanted to tally up how much money the women actually lost on this trip and I I started oh listing God. some stuff out they lost so much money on this trip we'll get to it at, at the end we'll we'll tally everything up. Um. So the next morning, they sleep in the lobby. The next morning, the maid is walking around with, like, the feather duster in the lobby. And they're still sleeping. And she starts dusting the chair that Blanche is sleeping in. I loved Rue McClanahan's delivery when she said, Fernando, not now, you dirty boy with the feathers. (laughs)
1: Like, Blanche in this episode is so explicit. Like, she is on national television. She is revealing herself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was having an erotic dream. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so they wake up. They all realize their purses were stolen, and at the same time, say the name of the episode when they say someone came in here and grabbed our dough. So
1: stupid, but yet so perfect.
0: Yeah, I actually thought that was the act break moment, but it wasn't. It was just treated like one. Um, so the so the the cop shows up, says there's nothing he can do without a physical description of the robbers. Do you think did hotels have surveillance cameras back then?
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I watch Unsolved Mysteries, and that's from the 80s. They definitely had surveillance cameras. I think what's her name did it. I think she got away with more <gasps> than just seventy five dollars.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. Not only did she extort them,
1: which I I guess it
0: wasn't really extortion, but she charged them to sleep in the lobby. It's the perfect crime. It's the (gasps) perfect crime.
1: It's the perfect crime.
0: Because they wouldn't think that she did it because they said, well, we already gave her money. She already asked us for money. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Where's that making them? Wow.
0: I think you might be right. Um, But it doesn't matter, kind of, because luckily Sophia realized she kept the tickets in her bra, so they're going to walk the 39 blocks to the studio. Again, I'm so worried about these women. They just took a red eye. Where are they walking from? You know they packed so quickly. Where are they walking from? I don't know. I feel like like... they're walking like Hollywood and Vine. They're walking down like the Walk of Fame. Which in the 1980s, we've
1: all seen Pretty Woman. It was not a safe place for women to be walking at really any hour of the day. I mean, Hollywood in the 80s, or like late 80s, early 90s, it was not popping. But also, if they're not in Hollywood, because we know, just a little, little peek behind the curtain here. In Hollywood, many, many of the shows are shot in Burbank or or North Hollywood or sort of like not necessarily in Hollywood Central. There's really only one, the one where they dress up in costumes with Wayne Brady. What's that show called? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, that game show it's on right now? Deal or No Deal? Yeah, Deal or No Deal. That's the only one that I know is actually shot in the center of Hollywood, because you can you can drive down Gower and see the ridiculous people dressed up in costumes embarrassingly waiting in line outside. But Jimmy Kimmel. That's not a game show, though. That's a talk show. No, that's show. not a game show. But, like, a yeah. game shows are usually shot. Like, I auditioned for a game show with Elliot years ago, and we had to drive to middle of nowhere, North Hollywood, for the studio. And, like, it was so... All I'm saying is, the girls could be in a potentially very dangerous part of town that they don't know. And 39 blocks, that what it was in North Hollywood? Yeah. Would be in insane.
0: Sophia, she's in her 80s.
1: That's insane. That's insane. That's I'm insane. Just,
0: yeah. So, okay. So um, the women meet the Vanna White. Which another thing I read on IMDb, it says Blanche mocks the game show hostess and says, I just want you to know that the pictures of you in that sleazy girly magazine was so tastefully done. Uh, And I guess that was a reference to Vanna White because uh, a few months prior to Mm -hmm. the airing of this episode, Playboy published lingerie photos of Vanna White that she'd taken a few years earlier when she was a struggling newcomer in Hollywood.
1: You know, Vanna Um, White has not gotten a pay raise for a Wheel of Fortune for like 20 years but yet Pat Sajak has gotten one like every single year. How ridiculous I
0: is that? I think Vanna White Vanna White I think should come join us on the picket lines. We uh, would welcome yes! you with and open arms, You know what? Vanna she's, a, White.
1: she's a proud democrat, so she probably would. Also, what was I going to say? There was something else I was going to say to that. I forget. Oh, yeah, the 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 um the slutty dress thing. I I loved her in that little outfit, the hostess. I loved that little, oh, like... Oh, she
0: looked great. She looked
1: so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. And also, I related to it because there was one time... Because, like, when you're in those moments where you're meeting famous people who have done weird things or had weird moments in their careers, a lot of times I want to ask about those weird moments. You know what I mean? And I sure. did. I did it once with Luke Evans. Have you ever seen the movie Ma with Octavia Spencer?
0: No, I didn't because I don't watch as many horror movies. Yeah, it's days.
1: it's 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 scary but it's fun. Well, there's a scene in Ma where she ties up Luke Evans on a bed naked and she like is going to she's like threatening to cut off his penis or something and there's a moment where like she moves his penis or something. And I interviewed Luke Evans once and I had to ask him about this moment because it was like one of the moments that everyone talks about. But do you know how uncomfortable it was for me to get to the point of asking that question? It was like
0: Well, what was your specific question?
1: What was it like being so popular for having a fake penis in a movie? (laughs) (laughs) Because literally that's what it was. He was like, you know, that wasn't my real penis. And I was like, I know, but we wanted it to be. Everyone wanted it to be. And here I am just telling Luke Evans, being like, why didn't you just do it? You should have done it. It's Octavia Spencer. You guys are old friends.
0: This is why they have intimacy coordinators on (laughs) set. This is what they fought for after the last negotiations, the actors. Uh... Um okay so the women meet the host guy Corbin yeah. and for Rose she says that man makes my ovaltine boil I have to ask you in the history of game show hosts has any game show host ever made your ovaltine boil
1: ooh ooh history of game show hosts I mean I'm going to say it I do have something for Meredith Vieira I think Meredith Vieira is is, is she's saucy I love her from The View. I, I remember her being saucy on The View, and she was very saucy when she hosted the daytime version of a uh, Millionaire, you know, the mil- Millionaire mm-hmm. show. What was it called? Make Me a Millionaire? Who World? Wants to Be a Millionaire. Who <laughs> Wants to Be a Millionaire. And she was great on that. And so I have a feeling that if, like, I had a night with Meredith Vieira, my Ovaltine would boil.
0: I like that. I think that's really sweet. I will say, <laughs> up until this moment or maybe up until recently, I would say, no, not a one, but, and I, and I'm, I'm saying this. (sighs) Drew Carey does not make my Ovaltine boil in a traditional sense, but But what Drew Carey has done, if you know what's going on with the writer's strike right now, Drew Carey is um, buying meals for any writer who goes to two different restaurants in Los Angeles, for the duration of the strike, doesn't matter how long the strike goes on. If you are in the writers' guild, Drew Carey is paying for your meal, including tip. And again, until the strike is over, I heard that it's an average of like twenty five thousand dollars a week yeah. for one restaurant. I mean, so he's making it's,
1: millions of dollars. So like, it's it's so kind of him. And it's, it's
0: so incredibly kind of him. But also, and, he has
1: he has a reputation for being that. Like he he long has been very giving in terms of his success even with comics and stuff like he has always been he paid it forward in a way that like he he just he's a good guy and i don't think a lot of people give him that credit
0: so yeah i'd like to give him that credit right now i'm gonna yeah. say drew Carey, you make my oval team boil
1: yeah Ooh, you know who doesn't make yep. like my oval team boil ryan seacrest is the host of wheel of fortune i'm just saying
0: Hasn't he hosted... Like, I'd like to see someone new. I know they would never do that for Wheel I of Fortune. Know. So actually, I guess I take it back. So um, they've put out uh, fresh coffee and prune Danish for the women Frida. before they go on grab that dough. I was really surprised that the Danish didn't give flashbacks of Frida Claxton to Rose. Um, And then here is where we sort of get into a bowling episode situation with the women, except instead of Rose being the super competitive one, it's Blanche and Dorothy. They decide to ditch Rose and Sophia to pair up with the Kaplan brothers because those dudes have won over $40,000 in cash and prizes over various game shows.
1: Now I don't Um, know where we fell in the last rewatch on this, but I don't even know if we discussed it. However, i actually think even though dorothy's intentions were wrong and selfish and bad i actually think it's a genius plan
0: split i actually thought it was a good plan too and i thought that if she had just involved the other women in the plan
1: yes that's it
0: they would have been totally on board with it Mm -hmm. and yeah what they should have done is if they truly thought that rose and sophia were the weak links. Then Dorothy should have taken Rose or Sophia. Blanche should have taken the other one. And yeah, they should have split up so at least they would win
1: something. Yeah, that way everyone goes home with something.
0: Yeah, because here's the thing. Sophia bums money off of Dorothy all the time anyway. They all live in the same house. Like, are they really not going to split the money after all this? Exactly,
1: exactly. Like, Sophia
0: was the one that got the tickets. So, um but the plan that Dorothy and Blanche have, it doesn't go over so well with Rose and Sophia. And we have a little clip to showcase that.
1: Rose, honey, before y'all go out, there's something you ought to know. Uh, Dorothy and I are going to team up with the Kaplan brothers. The Kaplan brothers? You mean you and Dorothy are joining a country western band? <laughs> it's the Gatlin brothers, Rose. The Kaplan brothers are those gentlemen standing right there. Me and Rose for those two yutzes? Oh, Ma, believe me, it's for the best. If we split up, we double our chances of going home with something. Cut the bull. (laughs) You don't want us because you think we're too stupid. 30 seconds to air. Take your places, please. Oh, don't be mad, Ma. Get bent. We're going to cream you. Get bent.
0: I love it. I I love love that retort from Sophia. I love it. Uh, And that's sort of the act break moment of the episode. So maybe you and I should take an act break so we can uh, Google every talk show host that has ever existed to see Mm. if any of them are sexy besides Drew and Meredith.
1: I'm going to include topless behind it.
0: And now it's time to play Grab That Dough. The most 80s (laughs) music. I love that we come back from the act break and the way that they've shot it and they treat it. It's like we're actually watching a game show. I actually thought that was a really fun decision that they made.
1: I agree. This episode is Uh, wild. I love it.
0: It's so great. So Guy says it's a game show where all you need to know how to do is make a fist. And... I don't that's not actually true. Yeah,
1: you need to grab. Okay.
0: Well, yes, you need to grab, it's more but like, like a claw. You, a- you actually I mean, you actually have to know a lot like a broad range of trivia to even get to the part where making a fist is an important skill set to have.
1: Yeah, but the trivia is like pretty dumb. Like it's pretty easy for the most part if you're like paying attention to the world. Better late than I mean only one person in the world would say pregnant. So like you know what I mean? The questions it are was not... It so worth it, though. It's so it worth it. so worth it. so worth it.
0: Speaking of Blanche, can we please play the moment where Guy reads her bio?
1: Oh, my God, yes. Our second contestant is an artist with an incredible body. She runs her own museum, speaks Chinese, and hopes to sail around the world before she turns 40. <laughs> wow, that must be a typo. <laughs> Welcome Blanche Devereaux!
0: Our next two contestants are brothers from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Blanche, that entire introduction was nothing but lies.
1: I know, and I just loved it. (laughs) Did you hear that applause? Is that all you care about, money and applause? And sex. For which I generally get applause. Can I just say, remember a few episodes ago? I don't know what episode it was, but a few episodes ago, I admitted... That one of my favorite things to do is to lie about my age to major publications. Yes. And I feel like Blanche just validated this: that you can go on national television and completely lie about your history and still be a success.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's my yeah. future.
0: Um can I tell you if I were to write a game show bio for Sadie, oh, what yeah, it would say? Please. Okay. It would say, She's tall, gorgeous. Smells incredible, and if you remain in her personal space for too long, she'll cut you down faster than a brand new lawnmower from Sears.
1: <laughs> of course, from Sears. I used to go to Sears with my family to shop for like appliances. <laughs> I
0: know Sears, Kmart.
1: Yeah, we only went to Sears Caldor, because my, my dad was a mechanic. Bradley's. was a mechanic at Sears, and so he got a great Sears discount.
0: Oh, yeah, got to get those discounts. Yep,
1: we were a blue collar family, y'all. Mhm. Mhm. Uh
0: so that's Blanche's bio. It's so, it's so great. I just love about Rose's bio that she was voted most likely girl most likely to get stuck in a tuba. <laughs> Which is so Like stupid. it's so Rose. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, put on a t-shirt. Also, 10 extra points to Rose for knowing the word menagerie. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the game starts. Rose and Sophia are kicking Dorothy and Blanche's asses in the trivia section. The point of this Dorothy, game, this
1: game is insane, by the way. it may, There is no logic to this game. And there's
0: no logic. Oh, trust me. We're going to get there. Um, there's a great moment where Willard, who's playing with Dorothy and Blanche, where Dorothy goes, Willard, don't ever touch your buzzer again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love Dorothy in this because this episode spans Dorothy from being Dorothy, like the normal Dorothy, the angry, moody Dorothy that we know, to... Full-on euphoric Dorothy in a tube with money flying around her. Like, we get the full spectrum of emotions from B. Arthur in this episode. Oh,
0: my – we really do. Yeah, we get, like, level-headed Dorothy in a moment. You're right. We get all of the – the full spectrum. It's absolutely also, incredible. isn't
1: Fred and Willard – isn't Fred Willard, like, somebody –
0: Yes, Fred Willard. He passed away, but yes, he was a comedic actor. He was in a lot of Christopher Guest movies. Oh, that's right. And yes, on, yes, yes. And on The Bachelor and for some weird reason. on The Golden reason.
1: Girls, right? I think he was in a guest star on one of the episodes yes, of Golden Girls. Yes, he was on the
0: episode where um, he told Blanche that he'd never had sex with a
1: woman yeah. before. I wonder yeah. if they, they did that on purpose, Fred and Willard. I wonder.
0: Oh, I didn't realize the other guy's name was Fred. Yeah. That got it. Okay, I was like, "Where are you getting this?" Um, so all of this leads to one of my favorite moments on this entire anyone's favorite show. moment.
1: This is literally one of everybody's favorite moments.
0: What, probably one of the best jokes ever written on this show. We got to play it.
1: Oh, shut up, Nyla! You shut up! Why don't you both shut up and answer this next question? Die <laughs> for one hundred points. Complete this famous saying: Better late than. Blanche. Pregnant. The way there was a woman in the audience, so I have to push my mic back to do this. The way there was a woman in the audience who literally went, ah! <laughs> like she like literally did. It's one of my favorite laughs. The scream to laugh. It,
0: it. It's so funny. And like the conviction with which Rue McClanahan delivers the line. Yeah. It's like, half like i'm making a comeback in this game and half like i've been there before it was i feel like I would.
1: if i was on a game show i very much would be blanche in that she gets lost in her eagerness do you know what i mean she Mm -hmm. gets she gets she makes mistakes because of her eagerness and that would very Mm -hmm. much be me i would not be level-headed i would be eager for everything
0: eager and you can get ahead of yourself yeah um yeah absolutely um okay now is the moment since we've I would like to talk about the logistics of this game show. So let's use the prices right as an example of a successful game show format, right? If you're on contestants row or even if you're chosen, you get to play one of the games like Plinko or whatever. Being good at the thing gets you to the next round. Yeah. And being bad at the thing means you go home with nothing. Yeah. On Grab That Dough, Rose (laughs) and Sophia get no advantage for winning the trivia round. Yeah. Because Dorothy and Blanche, who didn't get any trivia questions right, get to spin a wheel and go on to the final round to grab that dough. So, like... What was the point of the trivia round? There is no
1: point. There is no point at all if everything comes down to luck.
0: Yes. If anything, Rose and Sophia should have been the ones to spin the wheel. Yes. And I understand if it's a chance for Blanche and Dorothy to, like, make a comeback, but it shouldn't come at the expense of Rose and Sophia. If anything... Rose and Sophia should get a chance to make their own comeback to get a chance at winning what's behind the doors. I just, I was like, what was the whole point of the trivia round? If it's just like, but whoever spins. So I think guy Corbin should actually revise his opening phrase from all you need to know how to do is make a fist to all you need to know how to do is get lucky spinning a wheel. Cause that's really what (laughs) the game is all about.
1: But I'm so glad it is because it gives us the opportunity to see Dorothy in an apron grabbing money.
0: I know. I love that they call it the magic money machine. I also love, again, Guy just not giving a shit. He goes, Dorothy, you're going to make quite a haul with those meat hooks. Yeah,
1: and she doesn't even care. <laughs> she doesn't even care. She's like, I know.
0: She So she needs to grab at least $500 to beat um, Rose and Sophia, also just known as the blue team, yeah. uh, to get a chance at what's behind the doors. And then here's what I loved is there's like this like Dead airtime, essentially, as Dorothy has to walk over to the magic money machine and B. Arthur the whole time is just giggling, giggling like Mr. Gordon giggling. Yeah. It was so like she's so giddy, like you said. Um, And I don't know if we've talked about this before, maybe, but the money machine. The money magic money machine. It looks like the tubes at the bank. Yes, yes. you, know, you at put the through the thing, where
1: you shoop, sucks up over. and they oh go God. up. That's what it reminded
0: me of. I used to love um, those.
1: I don't know who banks anymore, but I used to love those.
0: Oh, so Dorothy gets in, um, and they time. They put 15 seconds on the clock. I timed it. It was actually 17.61 Ooh, seconds. Oh,
1: not accurate. Game show conspiracy.
0: I was wondering. I was like, well, they were pretty close. Yeah. Um yeah, seeing B Arthur and just the music, the game show music throughout it was like a video game from the
1: 80s. It was literally an arcade game. Oh, it was? No, it sounds like it. Like it sounds like oh, the music, music. yes. It sounds like an arcade
0: game. Or if you're at like a casino, yeah. Um Stan always jokes. Sometimes little Oreo watches um Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. And there's a character called Toodles. Toodles is a machine. Anyway, but Toodles makes, has, like, lights that light up, and it makes a sound, and Stan, like, went wide-eyed one day, and I was like, what? And he's like, Toodles is the sound of a slot machine. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And he was like, that's unsettling. Anyway, um, so Dorothy ends up pulling $900 yeah. from the Magic Money machine. But those instead money, of taking it.
1: Those bear claws that she's got.
0: Those meat hooks, Yeah. yeah. But instead of taking it, they decide to gamble it and choose what's behind. They
1: don't. Blanche does.
0: Blanche does, yeah. Um, And they end up winning a skillet and a lifetime supply of soup.
1: And so everyone goes home so depressed.
0: Yeah. And don't you want at the
1: end of, I mean, like, I get you can't manufacture it, but like, that would be the most boring game show if everybody went home with nothing
0: but also like what would have happened so so when dorothy and blanche spun the wheel mm-hmm. if they didn't get grabbed that dough right let's say they spun it and it landed on $300 because all every other thing said either like spin again or it had some kind of monetary assignment to it like a value if they just spun on it and it landed at 300 is it like okay well uh Rose and Sophia you guys have the highest score so now what yeah you get to spin the wheel Makes no sense. you get to take a chance at what's behind the doors I just don't understand what would have happened if Dorothy and Blanche didn't Spin and land on grab that dough. Maybe would every team have had a chance to spin the wheel? I don't know what would have happened because they never explained the rules. And this is a television show. And guys, I'm really sorry for nitpicking this. (laughs) Um, I don't have anything else to do with my time because I'm on strike. So (laughs) yes, back home the women are miserable. They should be. And so let's again take stock. They won a skillet Uh and
1: soup and four hundred dollars, right? Or a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, really for Sophia and, and Rose.
0: Sure, and and let's take stock of what they lost. Um, money for four last-minute plane tickets, money for four cab rides, yeah, two to the airport, two to the airport hotel, airport hotel. The contents of their purses, credit cards, IDs, which are going to cost money to get replaced. Any cash they had on them. Sophia's medication. Oh yeah. The contents of their luggage. Mm-hmm outfits pajamas hair products accessories makeup all that stuff 75 dollars to sleep in the flipping lobby yeah that's a lot of money I'm I'm willing to bet they lost in in valuables and in actual money they probably lost over two thousand dollars I would think
1: so too because I mean the flights alone last minute flights I don't know how much they were back then but they'd have to be back then probably like two three hundred dollars last minute because that's like that's like not even a round trip today for a short flight. So, like, I would imagine. And they're
0: going, yeah, Miami to Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm willing to bet they lost closer to five thousand dollars. I
1: don't know if it would be five. I think you're probably right on around two thousand. I think that's probably more accurate because two thousand back then would be like five thousand today. So, I would, I would say that's probably more accurate.
0: So they lost a lot of money. Yeah, probably and not worth it. Blanche um, and
1: Rose um, take a bath together. Which Before is, that,
0: though, I have another question. Yeah. In the 80s, could you get on a plane without an ID?
1: That's another thing. I don't think you could. I think you had to show some ID at the gate, I think.
0: So how did they get on the planes if all their purses were stolen?
1: Well, you can do that. I did, I've done that in a post-9-11 world where you have to, like, get some form document or something. Like, because the director of the documentary I did, she lost her, she, she was robbed. And she lost her ID, but she was able to get some form and get on the plane. So we had a flight. It was like a whole thing. Um, But you can. It's just there's a process you have to go through.
0: Okay. Do you think it costs money?
1: No, it didn't cost her any money.
0: Oh, that's good at least. Yeah. Okay, final thing. While I'm on my CSI, I'm going to nitpick everything streak. Like you mentioned, at the end of the episode, Blanche says she wants to soak in a warm tub. Rose says, me too. Blanche says... We've only got one tub. And then Rose says, I get the deep end, which is really funny. Yeah. We have established already that there are, what, five, six bathrooms in that house? Yes. Are we to believe that the only one with a tub is that giant bathroom where they were replacing the toilet that one time? Because we know that one was a tub. Yeah. Yeah. Are we are we willing? Are we saying that the rest of the bathroom, the other okay with four it. or five, I'm okay only with have it. Sh- standing showers?
1: I'm okay with it just for the the mental image of Blanche and Rose fighting over a bathtub. I'm okay with that.
0: Okay, yeah. I just again, I know th- I know there's a lack of consistency. We but love also, the show anyway. It's just fun to point out.
1: Also, the the end scene with Sophia and Dorothy and how Sophia basically like buys out. She's like, yeah, you, you just give me fifty bucks or whatever it is. So really in the end, Sophia makes out the best because she comes home with a hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Yeah, that's because, true. She does. She makes yeah. out really well. Yeah,
1: she's the only I, one. I didn't
0: I didn't find that um that extra apology between them totally necessary. It felt like they just needed something to end yeah. the episode on. Because Rose had even said, We all made up on the plane.
1: Yeah. But you know, so, I think you needed something to sort of like close it like you couldn't they couldn't close it on the bath line. That wouldn't have been enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would It would just, you know, but maybe Sophia finds something else in her bra. True.
1: True. Yeah, <laughs> true. I don't know. Oh, look, that's the episode. Our money. Um. Yeah, no. It, I mean, it's such a good episode. It's so fun. It's so absurd. It's so silly. And that's what I love about it. It doesn't make sense. And it's perfect.
0: I, yeah, it's, it is really fun. It's yeah. A lot of fun lines. It's fun to see Dorothy really giddy. Yeah. And again, like guy Corbin. Yes.
1: Yes. Fully all the way. Should we take a break and come back with our golden takeaways? Yes. Let's do it. And we are back with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, What's your golden takeaway from this episode?
0: You know, I don't watch a lot of game shows. um if Somebody's like, like I'm at my in-laws and they're watching Jeopardy or something. I may like or Wheel of Fortune. I may try to guess the puzzle or I may try to shout the answer at Jeopardy. But I don't really watch a lot of game shows. But if somebody came to me and they said, "Carrie, you gotta, there's this guy, Guy Corbin, right? <laughs> you gotta see the way this guy hosts game shows." I would watch just for the host. And I'm going to tell you how I know this about myself. There is a, a weatherman, a meteorologist. I don't know what fucking city he does his meteorologian for. That's the <laughs> word. I don't know what what weather he is forecasting. But people tag him on, like, his Instagram, and they'll go, like, do gin and juice and this guy will work lyrics to any song you ask him to in his weather report.
1: Oh, my God. I love him.
0: And it's really funny. And he's really dedicated to it. And some of me drops in like real like sly. Uh, I don't I don't care about the weather in that town. But because <laughs> of his amazing personality, I'm like, Who I want to watch every weather report. And I find them all and I watch them. So that's what I'm saying. Who like, is he? I want to see. I'll, I'll send you a link. I don't know his name off the top of my head. You should tell I our just,
1: listeners. Everyone should follow this person.
0: I'll, I'll, will find it. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, I, it's going to take me, I'll, I'll look right now, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but you tell me your golden takeaway and then okay. I'll tell you if I can find it.
1: My golden takeaway from this episode is I don't think I'm a game show person. I don't think I would do well on game shows and my, you know, good friend of the podcast, Elliot Glazer, maintains that game shows are easy money, which I think is bullshit I do not think they're easy money. And he is he like he was on Wheel of Fortune when he was a child. Like he was one of the kid contestants on Wheel of Fortune. And he is still bitter to this day because if you go on Wheel of Fortune once, you can't go on it again. And he still thinks he was like, but I was a kid and he won't get over it. And I'm like, Elliot, game shows are not easy money. These are not normal things that people do just to go on and like make rent for the month. Like this is like a one like a crazy things people do. But if there were a game show that I were to be on or that I would want to be on it would probably be Family Feud. Not with my family necessarily. I'd have to go on with friends or something, but because I don't think my family would be very good on Family Feud. But I think I would be very good on Family Feud.
0: I could see you being really good on Family Feud.
1: Yeah, like if we went on as like, like a weird, fucked up family, then yes, we would all do very well together.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I found him. Oh, what's his name? The- his name's Adam Kruger. On TikTok, he's Weather Adam. Okay. Like W A T H E R. So you can check him out. It looks like he recently did Taylor Swift Lavender Haze. Oh. It's called Sneaking Words in the Weather. I love it. Uh, anyway, that one. I don't know. I find it to be incredibly entertaining. So uh yeah, you guys should check him out because he's really, really funny. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> listen up. This has been another episode. <laughs> Of Out on the Lanai. Thank you all so, so much for listening and for being on this golden journey with us as we rewatch some of our favorite episodes and do other fun stuff on the podcast.
1: And as you know, we are part of Mom, the Miggles media. So go on and support Mom Plus and all the wonderful things. And you can follow us on social media at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, Out on the Lanai Official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Facebook. And I am Sadie Pine slash H. Allen Scott on everything. And I am Squidzy
0: on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us wherever you get this podcast. Because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up, and the more people will discover and join our kickass love the community of Golden Girls fans.
1: And remember,
0: as always, stay, stay golden. golden.
1: Pregnant.